0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the High Tempo Fast Break. Today, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. I'm talking about the Detroit Tigers today. Uh, A quick few things before we get into today's episode this is going to be an audio only episode available on spotify and apple podcasts um i'm sorry if you are a youtube listener uh, i'll plug this episode in our next podcast that goes on youtube uh I'm, I'm alone today though it is just me it's just kyle today if you're new and you saw this because you're a tigers fan and you saw this podcast my name is kyle uh High tempo podcast, but no Easton today. Um, for a few reasons, main just being that Easton doesn't t- doesn't know much about the Tigers. It's that simple. Um, I'm a huge Tigers fan. I I'm very passionate about the Tigers, and I've been wanting to talk about them for a while. So I figured with the All Star break, you know, being coming to an end and starting the second half of the season, it'd be a good time to talk about this Tigers team so far. Um, but yeah, Eason uh, just doesn't, it's not nothing against him. You know, he just, he's a huge basketball guy. And a, he knows a lot about football as well. Doesn't know so much about baseball. So on the actual podcast, I'm not going to go on Tigers rants because it puts him in a weird situation. So uh, I am here to talk about the Tigers today. And I'm super excited. A couple of Tigers uh, follows that I have on Twitter, guys that I follow, uh, posted their mid-season Tigers grades. And I thought that was very interesting to see some of the grades there and and I was like why don't why don't I do that you know I I follow I would say I've kept up with every Tigers game this year obviously I don't watch every single game I try to watch every single game but I've kept up with every game at least you know knowing what the score is who won and everything Uh, but I for the most part during the week I watch basically every game Um, I'm recording this on Friday night by the way so uh, our weekly episode is coming out tonight Uh, You will probably be hearing this on Sunday or Monday, I would guess. So by the time you're hearing this, they are closing the weekend series against the Seattle Mariners. But uh, yeah, I'm posting this before they've started any second half game. So if something crazy happens this weekend, uh, I'm not going to cover it because I don't know about it. So (laughs) let's get into it, though. Um, So currently the Detroit Tigers are 39 and 50. Now you hear typically a 39 and 50 baseball team is like, yeah, you know, they're not very good. Not very often is a team that is 39 and 50 in a spot to potentially win the division. And that is exactly what the Tigers are. They are five and a half games out of first place in the American League Central. Uh, I'll go through the standings really quick. Uh, The Cleveland guardians are 45 and 45. The Minnesota twins are 45 and 46, a half game back. And then you have the tigers uh, followed by the white Sox, who are 38 and 54. They're eight games back. Not too worried about the white Sox. It kind of sounds like they are going to be sellers at the deadline. Uh, And then you have the Kansas city Royals at 26 and 65, just a a rough season uh, for the Royals down there. I'm, I'm friends with a few, I'm acquaintances with a few Royals fans, Uh, one of my professors from school is a huge Royals fan, so both of us, it's it's just fun, because the Tigers and Royals are always usually bad in the last few years, Um, but before we talk about, uh, like, the the current Tigers team, I want to talk about the recent news uh, with the Tigers, and that is the MLB draft, so we had the MLB draft uh, on Sunday, and then All-Star Weekend was after, which, by the way, like, Can we just talk about how bad All-Star Weekend is in like every sport, you know, like the Pro Bowl in the NFL, All-Star Game and Home Run Derby in the MLB. Obviously, the NBA All-Star Game is terrible and the dunk contest sucks. Like, isn't the All-Star Weekend and All-Star Game supposed to be like something that the fans like that's what the fans should be watching instead of a random regular season game? Like, I was watching, I watched a good amount of the MLB All-Star game, shout out to Michael Lorenzen, uh, the Tigers All-Star for getting in, but it's just, it's just not, it's just boring, it's, I would rather watch a random Tigers game, or a random Reds Angels game, you know, like, something like that. Um, the All-Star game is just, it's some, it's it kind of sucks, and the Home Run Derby, I understand more home runs are hit, and shout out to Julio Rodriguez for breaking the record, and shout out to Vladdy for, for winning, but... The whole like time thing, it just sucks. I remember when I was a kid, and I would watch... I I just saw this on Twitter, so that's why I'm bringing this up. But Josh Hamilton hitting absolute 520-foot nukes. And you just sit there and watch the ball disappear into thin air. And the crowd's going crazy. Now, the guys hit a home run, and it just... You, you don't get, even get to see the whole home run because it cuts right back to him hitting another one because he has to hit so many balls in this time. I loved the 10 outs thing. I thought that was a really cool way to do it. Um, but I just remember as a kid, man, the home run derby, like Prince Fielder in the home run derby was always, I always loved the home run derby. And it, I just, this, the last couple of years, it just hasn't been that for me. Uh, but that's just my little rant. Let's talk about, the MLB draft. So the MLB draft this year. If you do not follow uh, most MLB drafts, because they're you know they're tough to follow, because you're not going to see these guys in the majors for a few years. Uh, but Dylan Cruz. Uh, was the like the consensus like best hitting prospect we've seen in some years, and Paul Skeens was the consensus best pitching prospect we've seen in some years, uh, followed by Wyatt Langford who put up quite similar numbers to Dylan Cruz in college. Um, Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz both being a part of LSU, who won the title over Wyatt Langford's Florida Gators. So it was it was really cool to see that. Um, Paul Skeens goes first overall to the Pittsburgh t- the, the Pittsburgh Pirates didn't really expect that all the things that i was reading was that the pirates were going to cheap out and take like Wyatt Langford or take Mac a uh, Max Clark um they did not they took Paul Skeens and that's a guy who could come in you know next season right away i i really do think so for how dominant he was in college um and then Dylan Cruz goes second overall it was very obvious he was never going to fall to the tigers it sucks but i i wanted him the most no way he falls i mean he was unreal. He had his, uh, his own on-base percentage was like 580 or 550 in college, his whole college career. I mean, that is ridiculous. Um, so then at the third pick, it was like, I was golfing during this. So I was kind of just keeping up with it. Uh, and it was like, okay, we're going to take Wyatt Langford. I'm super excited about that. You know, we need it. We need a bat. We definitely need a bat that can come in and impact. Um, and we don't, uh, Scott Harris in his, I believe this is his first MLB draft. I think Avila was still the GM uh, when we took Josh Young last year jace young excuse me um but no they go with a risky pick i mean not risky pick but they go with the high school kid max clark third overall this this kid is very fun if you've not seen him in interviews he he's a, he's got the swag uh he's he definitely is excited to be here in detroit um i think he i'm pretty sure he was a vanderbilt commit so obviously that that means a lot um but yeah definitely a not the expected pick white langford falls to four to the texas rangers I'm excited about Max Clark, um, and I'm not saying that they made the wrong pick or anything, but I just feel like I I I get it. I'll go why I I'll go both sides here. So the Tigers in the first round, not just the first round. The past several years, the Alavila regime, poor drafters. I mean, let's be real. Um, we don't know about Casey Mize yet, so we I don't want to say anything about him. Riley Green obviously worked out for sure. Alex Faeo was a first round pick. We all know he's not going to be nothing special. I mean, he could be a decent starter for five or so years, but nothing special. Um, Spencer Torkelson, I don't want to write him off yet, but obviously might have not looked like the greatest first overall pick. Now it was COVID draft. So that takes into consideration there, but for being a, a team that has not succeeded in the first round of the draft in several years, um, with there being such a prospect as Wyatt Langford with the power that he has as well as his his hit other hitting abilities in the field as well, it was hard for me to to swallow them passing on him um, right away. you know it was tough because he's he just seemed like he could be a guy that comes up in a year and is is ready to go. Now, obviously, Spencer Torkelson was kind of that guy. He he, he might have got shoved through the minors a little too fast, and that's why maybe he struggled a lot early on. He's kind of getting his legs under him a little bit, but I think that Wyatt Langford, it, it just it felt like the safe pick was what we needed to do, and we didn't. Now, Max Clark, let me talk about the other side of this. Let me play devil's advocate. This is Scott Harris's first draft. Um, not only was Max Clark the first pick, but we took another high school hitter uh, with our 37th overall pick, shortstop Kevin McDonough. McGonagall McGonagall. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, a shortstop high school hitter. And and then we took another hitter uh in, in the second round, 45th overall, second baseman Max Anderson from Nebraska. So this could possibly be a he's trying to wipe the the current farm system that the Tigers have, at least down below, because it's not a great one. We have a we have a pretty poor. Now we've had some guys step up this year that weren't really expected to, uh that we obviously are going to get into at some point. But Max Clark is definitely exciting down the line. He has—he is a five-tool prospect. I think that's what has got everyone so excited, and that's what Scott Harris continued to say. He does it all. He has speed in the outfield. He has a cannon of an arm. He's a pitcher as well. I, I assume he's not going to pitch uh, in the Tigers system, but he has a cannon of an arm in the outfield. Speed. He is fast. He is a great hitter. The power is like the one thing that is out of the five tools, you know, like, that might be the one thing that he doesn't have down yet um but he still has power I'm not saying he like can't hit homers or anything lefty bat I believe lefty arm as well so I, I'm excited maybe his right ear I'm not really sure excited for Max Clark but it's just gonna take a while you know it's it, this isn't a guy we're gonna see in the majors in two years we can't rush the process with him um and they made that clear uh by the way I don't know how long this is gonna be I'm already 10 minutes in. it feels like I've been talking for like two. I have no clue how long this is going to go. If you do like this, since it's not on YouTube, uh, you know, comment on our Instagram or give this five stars if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, because I could continue to do more Tigers episodes like this uh, in the future alone, because I, I love talking about the Tigers, as, as you can probably tell. So yeah, that was the MLB draft for the Tigers. It's it, You can't dive into it too deep. There's a lot more picks, obviously. We had Paul Wilson, I believe, a uh, left-handed pitcher uh, drafted with our third round pick. But you can't dive too too deep into these picks in the MLB draft just because we don't know yet. It's We just have to see them play. We have to see them develop. It's such a hit or miss draft. It really is. You've seen first overall picks never make the major leagues in the MLB and it's just it's a pretty wild uh, situation. So before we hop into the player grades, let's talk about the Tigers situation that they're in uh, like we were getting into earlier. So we're five and a half games out of first place. Taking a look at our July opponents. So because the trade deadline is July 31st, we are in Seattle for this weekend for a three game series. Then we are in Kansas city for a four gamer. That has to be, that has to be a three, one at least like you have to take three out of four games in Kansas city, hopefully all four. Um, Then we are at home against a struggling San Diego Padres squad. That was supposed to be much better than they are. Believe there are a couple games under 500 uh, then we have a, a makeup game against the Giants at home. It's literally just one game. I thought I think that's kind of funny because uh, you don't see that very often. Just a, just a one one game series against a team, and then we are at home against the Los Angeles Angels, who are going to be without Mike Trout. So hopefully we can take advantage of that for three games, and then we are in Miami against a pretty good Miami Marlins team this season uh, to close out the month. So currently at five and a half games out. What kind of situation are the Tigers in heading into the trade deadline? Scott Harris today in an interview was asked the same question. and He said, if we come out of the break hot, it changes what we're going to do at the trade deadline. Something you don't, don't quote me on that. It was something along the lines of that. Like if they play well, it, it changes what, what our plans were. That makes me think that they were going to be sellers immediately. That's my guess, but At being 39 and 50, if you can really come out here and get that to that five and a half games to two games or something, two games out, and you want to buy, go ahead. Now, don't do anything crazy because we don't have many good prospects, so I'd like to not trade away too many of them, but I think that if you are in a situation where you can take advantage and win the division, I don't see why you don't do it. Now, is this team good enough to make noise in the playoffs? Absolutely not. You know, like there's totally not. But for a team that has was consistently a top of the American League team for several, several years in a row when I was a kid growing up, for the last, since, you know, 2017, so five, six seasons now, we have just been pitiful. Even making close to a playoff appearance is what this fan base needs, what this city needs to kind of get back on track, to get the fans back involved. I saw that the game after the no-hitter the other night was the was the most attended game in Comerica Park in like five years or something. That is awesome. By the way, uh, shout out to uh, Jake, Ryan, Seth, and Ivan. They were all at the, the no-hitter game uh, with Matt Manning, Jason Foley, and Alex Lang. That is super awesome. Only the second no-hitter thrown this season. Well, basically the first no-hitter because the other one was a perfect game. But... This Tigers team isn't going to make noise if they're in the playoffs. Now, it is the MLB playoffs, and anything can happen in the MLB playoffs. It's not the NBA. You know, we saw the Philadelphia Phillies go to the World Series last year uh, from the wild card spot. So, definitely anything is possible once you get there. But I just think that I would I would love to see this team try. Like, excuse me. Um, I would love to see this team try. We are in a position right now where this division sucks. The Minnesota Twins being 45 and 46 and half game out of first place, that Twins team is not good. We've played them multiple times and I've, I've watched them. They are just, they're not a very good team. The Guardians, I think we all knew, were the best team in the division. Um, they were in third place for the longest time this season. They've started to creep back up. Obviously, they're in first now at 500. And they're, they're a solid team. They definitely are. They should be better than they are. They're, they've been banged up with injury, just like the Tigers, just like every other team. So I want to see the Tigers try. Now, if you come out in these first three or four series and just lose them all and get swept in a couple of them, yeah, maybe you look in the mirror and it's like, okay, our farm system sucks. We probably could add another couple guys into this farm system um, because the few trades that Scott Harris has made has gotten us a couple prospects. I mean, the, the highlight is Justin Henry Malloy, uh, who we got in the, oh, he got from the Braves in the Joe Jimenez trade, I believe. Pretty sure. Um, there's a few others, uh, a few other pitching prospects. But so maybe you allow him, let him cook a little bit and make a couple, tr- make a couple moves. But I, I think that if you are the Tigers and you can stay afloat here, you can get this to four to three or four games. Why not? Why not go for it? I think that it would be so fun, but it's it's just tough. You know, you don't want to you don't want to jump the gun if we aren't going to make it. Um, taking a look at the Cleveland Guardians and Minnesota Twins uh, next few sca- opponents, just to kind of give a little perspective there. The Cleveland Guardians are in Texas taking on the Rangers this weekend. Hopefully the Rangers can get a sweep there. It's a very good team. Then they're in Pittsburgh against a, a decent Pittsburgh team. And then they have the Phillies at home. So a tough next three, three series for the Cleveland Guardians. Minnesota Twins are in Oakland for a three-gamer this weekend. That obviously uh, is probably going to end up in a two or three-game advantage for the Twins. And then they are at Seattle and they have the White Sox at home. So not as bad for Minnesota. Tigers we just got to win it's that simple we're healthy Tarek Skubal is back and he's only pitched eight innings this year but he's hasn't given up a run I think he's only given up like one or two hits um Erod is back he's pitching tonight I'm pretty sure against the Seattle Mariners so when you're hearing this he's already pitched um now Matthew Boyd is out for the season he's getting uh Tommy John surgery which is quite unfortunate Tyler Alexander most likely out for the season as well I can't remember what his injury is so a couple of unfortunate injuries, but it's been happening all year for the Tigers. Spencer Turnbull is still out. Will Vest is still out. Obviously, Austin Meadows is still out. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's about time that we head into the I guess at least the trades, I guess I wanted to continue if we did sell. Because if you do want to sell, there is some pieces that teams would want. Uh I think Michael Lorenzen for sure could be a, a guy that teams would want. I mean, he obviously he was an all-star this year. But he's on an expiring contract. He's been a solid pitcher. If a team that is is good doesn't have a good fifth pitcher. I mean, if, if Michael Lorenzen is your fifth pitcher, you're, I think your staff is probably pretty solid. You know, Michael Lorenzen's like our three right now. So mid three or four. Um, And then you have Alex Lang and Jason Foley. Both of them are the Tigers' best arms out of the pen. Lang has been streaky this season. He had a couple, you know, they had that month of May, I believe, where he was phenomenal. Um, and then he's kind of struggled since then. Whereas Jason Foley has been that dude all season. Um, both of those guys would be wanted. I, I I would prefer if we didn't trade them though. I think the, I think those guys should stick around. Um, and then Eduardo Rodriguez is the big one. Uh, he he is eligible to be a free agent after this year with with opt outs. I don't know if he's going to or not because he has had a good season when he's played. He's only made twelve starts, but he's definitely going to be a guy that could be wanted at the deadline. And if you want to make a move, you make a move. So that was basically the only, uh, only trade guys I wanted to talk about. So let's get into the player grades. So the way I did this is not based on like in general MLB grades. This is for the Tigers grades because if this was for the whole MLB, the Tigers would not have a single guy in the right. Maybe Riley Green is a B. Maybe Jason Foley's a B. Everyone else is C's and below. You know, the only A's are Otani and Okunia, Corbin Carroll. You know those guys like. So this is just for the Tigers, you know, so there's going to be some A's because this is for just for the Tigers. There's there's 26 some guys on a baseball team. So let's I I did this by position. Um, So we're going to start off with the hitters and then go from there starting off with the catchers, Jake Rogers. I'm going with a B minus for Jake Rogers. Um, Jake Rogers is one of the better defensive catchers in the entire MLB and he hits for some power. I mean, he is, he is the second most home runs on the team right now. 11 home runs, 26 RBIs, only a 201 batting average, but he has a 750 OPS. Um, I talk a lot about OPS. I'm one of those, I'm one of those baseball nerds, statistic nerds, um, there's a lot of advanced statistics in MLB that I even still don't know about, but OPS has just become, it's, it's become the stat, you know, because you have like Jake Rogers who is hitting 201 and you're like, oh, he sucks. Well, no, he actually doesn't because he hits for power. And that's what, uh, you know, having a 750 OPS, that is the, just looking here, the fourth highest OPS on the tiger squad, but he's hitting 201. That's one of the worst. So, um, it it shows that it's it's more about getting base hits it's more about base it's more about what kind of hits you're getting when jake Rogers gets hits it's usually doubles and homers you know he's slugging 453 um when i went to the tigers game against the mets they had ops next to all the guys name on the big screen instead of batting average and a couple of older guys were sitting next to me and they were like why did what is what is this stat next to this isn't batting average? And the one guy was like, Oh, because the numbers are so high, it makes them look a lot better. And it's just, I thought that was funny because I mean, it's kind of true, but uh, I, I am a firm believer that OPS is the, the best stat to use to judge how good a player hits. Um, by the way, the league average OPS this season is 730.73, uh, so Jake Rogers is an above average hitter this season, according to OPS. Um, uh, but he's been a good defensive catcher as always definitely been the better catcher this year of the two and i'll get into eric haas right now i got a d minus for eric haas it's it's a rough season for eric haas it's about as worse as it gets grade wise um he's he's only appeared in 68 or not not only because rogers only appeared in 57 68 games for eric haas this year only three home runs uh hitting 206 and only slugging 289 with a 542 ops has been a rough season for Eric Haas. Last year, he was kind of the lefty killer. You know, he was really good against lefties, righties. He struggled. This year, he hasn't been at all. Um, He he hit for power last year. He's not this year. He was a part of the the, the no hitter. So shout out to him for that. Um, but I, I hope that going forward for the rest of the season, we see more Jake Rogers than we do Eric Haas. Moving on to first base, everyone's favorite player, Spencer Torkelson. I'm giving Spencer Torkelson a B minus as well with Jake Rogers. Uh, Spencer Torkelson leads the Tigers in a few stats. He leads them in games played from hitter standpoint with 87 out of 89 games, I believe. Yeah, uh, he leads in homers with 12, leads in RBIs with 45, and that is something that I think Tigers fans expected him to do. But yet, I still hear all the disappointments. Yes, he's only hitting .228, but he is slugging 402 with a 7711 7- OPS. I think that Torkelson, especially recently, has really stepped up. He's drawn more walks. He hasn't been swinging at the first or you know pitch every single time. He was he with two strikes, he would be strikeout looking all the time. He's been a lot more aggressive at the plate lately. He has been pulling the ball a lot better. Um, but the big thing about Spencer Torkelson is his exit velocity. I mean, he, I I don't have it pulled up. He's got to be top twenty in the MLB in average exit velocity. I mean, every hit he has is smoked. And it's most of the time at somebody and it's caught. Happens very often for him or it's a it's a sharp line drive grounder at the shortstop. I think that once Spencer Torkson puts it together, he's going to be a very good hitter. And I think he's going to get over 20 home runs this year, which is what we want. You know, like I understand that he's not hitting 275 that you'd want him to. But he's in his second season in MLB. And if he hits 20 home runs and has 80 RBIs, can you be that mad? You know, if he has 20 homers, 80 RBIs and you know, has a 720 OPS. Like, can you really be that upset with that? I don't think so. Um, so I think Torkelson, I mean, he's our best hitter right now. You could really argue that he is our best all around hitter uh, power. I mean, no, he's definitely not our best hitter. He's best. our, he's our best power hitter right now. You can't really disagree with that. Uh, moving on to second base, the, the positions don't really matter that much because a lot of these guys play everywhere. Uh, this, I'm going to start with one guy that plays everywhere. That's Andy Abanez. I'm giving Andy Abanez a C plus. I did not know about Andy Abanez prior to the season. Um, when he came up, he was really good for a couple weeks. And I was like, wow, Andy Abanez is really good. And then for about a month after that, he really, really struggled. And since then, he's kind of just been average. He he'll have games where he does well, has game where he doesn't. He's a double machine. I feel like If like all of his hits are doubles. Um in 59 games this year, he has six home runs, so 17 RBIs, hitting 236 with a .689 689 OPS. Um, he's been solid, you know. That's why I give him a C plus. He came out of the minors, so like there wasn't expectations, because I think expectations do play into a grade. Um, but yeah, I'm giving Andy Abanias a C plus. Next, I have Zach Short. I'm giving Zach Short a D plus. He has been he's been pretty eh. He's he's one of those guys that mainly only plays against lefties. Um, in 55 games this year, he has four home runs with 18 RBIs, hitting 211 with a 621 OPS. He has been, eh, you know, it's that simple. He's a guy that in in a perfect world, he's in the minors, you know, excuse me. In a perfect world for the, for a team like this, he's not on the team, you know, he's in the minors and we're going to talk about a couple guys in the minors that I would like to see here shortly Uh, but yeah zach short is he's probably the worst guy the worst batter here i would say that's that's not like that's currently on the mlb roster um because <clears throat> nick mayton got sent down um next i i wrote third base slash second base because he he's been playing third a lot lately he still plays the outfield zach mckinstry shout out the chippewa fire up chips I'm giving zach mckinstry a b minus i think he has been solid this season in 81 games played, he has 6 home runs, 22 RBIs, hitting .247 with a 695 OPS and a team-leading 11 stolen bases. I think Zach McKinstry, is, his defensive uh, ability to just play anywhere where we need him to is really good. He started off the year really high. He was hitting leadoff for the longest time. He still does hit leadoff uh, every once in a while, uh, but then had a, had a month or so where he really struggled in like June, early July, really struggled. And that's kind of what has bumped him down a little bit. He definitely had a 700-something OPS for a while. But I think for what McKinstry, you know, we traded for Zach McKinstry like a two days before the season started because we needed a, a guy that could play everywhere. You know, we really needed a utility man. He is our utility man, and I think he does a fine job. Um, next is the only guy on this list, hitting-wise, that is not currently on the team. That's Nick Maton. I put him on here because he's played in 72 games, so he's played in a lot more games than a good amount of the guys on this list. Nick Maton is the only player to receive an F for me. Um, In 72 games, Nick Maton had six home runs, 23 RBIs, hit a whopping 163 uh, with a 576 OPS. It was a pitiful uh, performance from Nick Maton after about the first three weeks of the season. You know, he hit a couple homers early on and then really, really struggled. Um, The one thing, he was a decent defender for a while, um they moved him to second base because he kind of we kind of realized he can't play third base um and then obviously you guys know the game where he he had the, the air that basically lost in the game that sent him down and since then he's not been up and i really don't think he's going to be because we have other guys that play his position in on the triple a team that are better than he is um nick maton he was a lefty power bat and i think that was the only reason why he was up because carrie carpenter was hurt and he's, he's really bad. He's an F. I hope he does not come back up to the Tigers this year. Next, moving on to shortstop. We actually have everyone's favorite player, Javier Baez. I'm giving Javier Baez a D plus. Um, look, this is one of those situations where expectations come into play. Javier Baez obviously has better numbers than a guy like Zach Short, who I gave the same grade, but Javier Baez is on a humongous contract. Zach Short is on a one-year contract. You know, Javi Baez in 85 games has uh, hit six homers. 44 RBIs, which is second on the team, uh, hitting 225 with a 589 OPS, a 260 on base percentage, 260 on base percentage. And you've played in 85 games. That is unreal, Javi Baez. Now, Javi Baez has made some phenomenal plays in the field. He's also made some some r- weird plays in the field. They, you know, The love hate relationship with Javi Baez is real as a Tigers fan. I just wish that he. Didn't swing at such bad pitches. I mean, if he did all of the same stats without the whiffs at pitches that are three feet out of the strike zone, it would make it so much more enjoyable, or just he would be so much more likable as a Tigers fan. I don't think they're going to be able to move on from this hobby bias contract anytime soon. The power numbers are down for him this year only six home runs. He has been hitting doubles lately. I hope he can get that up to 15 home runs by the end of the year. I'd hope so, but man, Javi Baez has has struggled since he's been a Tiger. I would say he's probably having a better year this year than he did last year. I don't know that for a fact. I'd have to look at the stats, but either way, it's bad. It's just all bad. Let's move on to good. As we go into the outfield here, I have five outfielders or four outfielders to mention. Riley Green gets the first A+. I only have one only only about one a plus rather green gets the only a plus here for the tigers um in 54 games so obviously he was hurt for a little bit but in 54 games he has six homers only 19 rbis uh with a team leading 305 batting average a team leading 373 on base percentage and a team leading 835 ops yes you heard that the tigers do have a player with an above 800 ops also has six stolen bases and we know what he does in the field as well phenomenal fielder um, at least for diving catches i know it's kind of funny because he's just a little slow you know maybe maybe if he was fat as fast as most center fielders are he wouldn't have to make these diving catches but man has Riley green been good and even in those few short games where he came back from injury he was lighting it up on fire he went four for four had a home run in one of the games like he has been that dude and he is hit i hope he can stay healthy the rest of the season because i want to see these stats go up for him. But man, if he can hit over 300 this year, that would be phenomenal. What a great batter Riley Green is Lead off guy, second second hole guy. I'm excited for the future uh, with him. Obviously, Max Clark eventually—that's going to be down the line. But maybe Riley Green gets moved to a corner outfield spot with Max Clark. Who knows? I'm just happy that we we have a young player that we can build with for the future, and Riley Green that we know we can. You know, Torkelson is a guy that you don't really know yet. And Riley Green also, can we get that, can we get that contract extension done? Like I want to see, I actually want to see Riley Green get this long term, like five to to eight year extension right now. Let's, let's get it done. Um, Kerry Carpenter is next. I'm giving Kerry Carpenter an A. Kerry Carpenter has been injured quite a lot this year, but in 47 games, he has eight home runs with 21 RBIs, hitting 261, uh, a team leading 484 slugging percentage. And yes, another guy with it above 800 OPS, 801 OPS for Kerry Carpenter. He's been that lefty bat. And he was another guy that when he came back from injury, he still raked right away. Why doesn't Kerry Carpenter play against lefties? That's what bugs me so much about AJ Hinch. He, he plays the numbers game a little too much. It's like, oh, lefty, lefty can't do it. Bro, when you're taking Kerry Carpenter out to play Eric Haas or to play Zach Short because it's a lefty pitching and we need to give them a chance come on dude we know Kerry Carpenter one of our best hitters on the team I just said he's probably our second best hitter he hits for power and I get that he's a lefty bat but let's see him get enough the sample size isn't big enough to say oh he's bad against lefties well let's let's give him some more opportunity against lefties before we just write that in stone you know the next guy I, I have a run of A's here Matt Veerling I'm giving him an A minus and in 69 games, Matt Vierling has 7 homers, 24 RBIs, hitting .280 with a .763 OPS. Just been an all-around good hitter. It's that simple. Good fielder as well, somewhat. Um, he's an athlete. Just been a He's a good base hitter. It's that simple. He's got 7 homers too. But uh, yeah, definitely has been a very good hitter and consistent for us. And made that Gregory Soto trade not, not look bad. I mean, Soto, I don't know how good he's been, but um, Nick Maton sucks. But at least we got Vierling. Akil Badu gets a C. Uh Akilabadu only played in 52 games, 3 homers, 16 RBIs, hitting 225 663 OPS, 6 stolen bases. If he was not hurt for that long period of time, he would for sure be leading the squad in stolen bases. Um, but he's he has not been the star that we thought he would be after his breakout rookie season. Um but I'm still excited. I still like Akil badu And last hitter is Miguel Cabrera. Miggy's a tough one because like you didn't expect anything out of him so like do i does that mean i give him an a plus does that make him an f because he's not very good i give him a c plus i loved when Miggy hit the home run Miggy just plays with so much enthusiasm it is so refreshing to watch miguel cabrera when he gets a hit when somebody else does something and he's freaking out i love cabrera's enthusiasm on this squad um in his last season and i hope no one takes it for granted uh because Miguel Cabrera is one of the best to ever do it. 51 games, just one home run with 14 RBIs. He's hitting .245 batting average. I mean, like, it's really not that bad. But we know that's what he does. He gets hits with a six fifty three OPS. So, like, he's got a better OPS than Eric Haas. He's got a better one than Zach Short. He's got a better one than Javier Baez, you know? So, it's he's really not terrible. He's not going to hit homers, though. But whatever. Moving on to pitchers. Let's start off with Michael Lorenzen, the Tigers' All Star. I'm giving him a B minus. He's three and six this year with a 403 ERA. Um, WHIP is a good pitching stat that I like to look at. It is walks and hits uh, per innings pitched. Um, so right around one is pretty good. Uh, he has a 1.14 WHIP, which is solid on 87 innings pitched. He's been solid. Does, does he get traded? Maybe, maybe not because we have so many injuries with starting pitchers. I don't even know who our fifth starter is right now. Um, he gets a B minus. Eduardo Rodriguez. I'm giving him an A. I think Eduardo Rodriguez. When he has played, it's been phenomenal. Four and five in twelve starts, uh, seventy-one innings pitched, uh, with a two point six four ERA, which is great, and a one point zero one WHIP. Obviously, which is also great. Lefty pitcher. It's it's really awesome to see him having this year. This year after last season, you know, where he sat out for personal reasons for quite some time. It seemed like he didn't really like being here. He also just wasn't very good got off to such a hot start this year, he even led the MLB in ERA for a while, got injured, for sure would have made the All-Star game over Lorenzen if he was not hurt, I think Riley Green also would have made it, we might have had two, but yeah, Roder Rodriguez, phenomenal, All gets an A, only have a couple more A's in here, only one more A in here, so take take advantage of it, Erod, Matt Manning is next, uh, Matt Manning, shout out to him for being the starter in the the no hitter game. That was awesome. He gets a B plus uh, on only five starts this season. So obviously it's a quite a small sample size, three and one uh, 29 innings pitch with a three, seven, two ERA and a one Oh three whip. That game, that no hitter game was crazy because the first few innings, or at least the first inning, I mean, Matt Manning couldn't throw the ball because of how wet it was. It was rainy and he still somehow doesn't give up a hit or a run. I mean, runners on first and third with no, with one or no outs, gets out of it matt manning uh has looked good and that velocity is up ever since he's come back from the foot injury i believe yeah toe injury um so i'm excited to see matt manning continue next uh, our, my last starter on the list uh and he's not really even a starter is reese olson reese olson was a guy i didn't really expect to see this early this season but with all the injuries he was kind of forced to and that's why i give him a c plus uh he's one and two and five starts eight appearances 33 innings pitched with a 405 era and a .99 whip, so maybe I should throw him a little bit higher here, especially for the hand he was dealt. He came in and was like, all right, you got to start, you got to pitch, and he went like five or six no-hit innings uh, in his very first ever start, which was really cool. Reese Olsen has been a guy that has needed a spot starter a little bit, uh, an opener, as they call it, to get him going, but he's come in and done very, very well uh, so far in his rookie season. I think that he's he is starting. Right now he's a part of the start these four that I've named are the starting four. I don't know if Bo Breeski is gonna cause they just called him back up from the 60 day IL so I'm not sure if is gonna be that fifth starter or if, you know, cause Wentz and Faeto are both in in the minors right now. Maybe they'll just run four and they'll and they'll do the bullpen starts, which has been very fine. Um by the way, guys that I didn't give grades to cause I either I put bad slash minors slash hurt Alex Fiedel, Joey Wentz, Garrett Hill, Matthew Boyd, Tyler Alexander, Spencer Turnbull, Will Vest, and Austin Meadows. Moving on to the bullpen, Alex Lang. I'm giving him a B minus. Uh, if I would have done this ranking in June, he would have gotten an A plus. you know, he was phenomenal, but he definitely has struggled as of late. Uh, five and two in thirty six innings pitched this year with a four one seven ERA, a one point two six WHIP, thirteen saves has a nasty curveball but i think people have started to realize like he throws it a lot and it's usually not a strike so maybe i shouldn't swing at it Uh, and he's been walking a good amount of people i still think alex lang is is a good closer and he's here for the future i don't i don't think we should trade him uh and then you have a setup man jason foley jason foley gets an a here i have i have one more a after this actually i just realized Foley man he has been really good two and two in 38 in two thirds innings pitch with a 209 era and a 101 whip I think that Jason Foley's one of the better you know uh setup men in the entire MLB I mean he really has been I don't know how he wasn't the all-star over michael Lorenzen um Foley has been that dude he looks cool out there with his stash and his flowy hair um throws the heat it's really hard to catch up with him. And I love the one-two punch of him and Lang. I think Foley might get some more opp- save opportunities as this goes on, especially if Lang struggles a little bit. I, I don't see why not, why you don't give Foley a few opportunities. Um, Brendan White gave a D plus. He's only pitching 14 innings. He's been kind of that opener guy uh, for the bullpen starts. Don't need to talk much about him. Tyler Holton, though, gets my last A. Tyler Holton in 47 innings pitch, 29 games, has a 189 ERA and a 0.99 whip. Doesn't have a win yet. He's 0-1. We got to get him a win. He has been the best uh, long reliever for this Tiger squad out of the pen. For sure. I mean, he really has been. He's a lefty pitcher. You know, with the bullpen days, I- I'm confident in because I know Tyler Holton's going to come out and throw three or four innings and he's going to shut down in those innings. You know, or like when Reese Olson's starting, it's like, Holton, we need you to go out there for an inning or two, you know, to to get Olsen in the groove of things, you know, two scoreless innings so he can come out and do his thing. I trust Tyler Holton to do that, Um, and hopefully he's here for the future as well. And then these last three guys, quickly, Mason Engler gets a C, Jose Cisnero gets a C, and Chasen Shreve gets a D. You know, it's not that, it's it's that simple. I didn't include Tarek Skubel either, by the way, because he's only made one start, or two starts this season, eight innings pitched, so. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about before we get out of here is the minors. Uh, So currently, if you do not know about Colt Keith, you need to know about Colt Keith because he is next up for the Tigers. He has been raking, uh, got called up to AAA about two, three weeks ago, maybe. Um, In the second he steps into the AAA, he has been that dude. He is ranked 40th in the MLB Pipeline rankings right now. One of two Tigers in the top 100. Uh, Jace Young is the other one at 60th. And Colt Keith made a huge jump. The question is, do we see Colt Keith in the majors this season? I don't know because I see both sides of it. Me, Colby, and Nate always talk about this because Torkelson was rushed. We we can all agree that Torkelson was rushed into the majors, but for good reason. I mean, he was he was good and he was dominating in the minors. So why not bring him up? That's kind of what Cole Keith is doing right now. Lefty power bat that does it all. I mean, he gets doubles, homers. He really gets, he's such a phenomenal hitter. I saw this the Just Baseball podcast. They they were talking about him. They said he might be the best hitter in the minors right now. I mean, that's a crazy thing to say for a guy in the Tigers organization that I didn't really know much about prior to the season. Do I think Colt Keith makes an appearance this season? I would, I'm would. i going to guess no, because Scott Harris, when he was asked about it, basically said, well, we want to make sure the guys get the proper development down in the minors, you know, which I understand. If we don't see him, I'm not going to be that mad. But if we do, I'm super excited. Also, because we just don't have a very good third baseman and he could be that guy. Um, as well as Justin Henry Malloy, who we like, I mentioned him earlier. He's the tiger's seventh ranked prospect, but he's been much better than the seventh ranked prospect. You know, he's been one of the better hitters on the triple a team plays outfield as well as third base. And I just think we could also use a right-handed power bat like him. I think if you're going to bring anybody up, it's probably him because he's a little bit, he's been on triple a all year, you know, and he's been pretty solid all year. Maybe you don't rush Cole Keith because he's only been in triple a for a few. And then the other guy, and there's two more guys. Parker Meadows, uh, the brother, the younger brother of Austin Meadows, has been really going off as of recently. Speedy outfielder, lefty bat. Um, this is just a situation where if we need another outfielder, I think I think you could see Parker Meadows come up. I think that's more that uh, 10th-ranked prospect for the Tigers. And then lastly, pitcher, Wilmer Flores, uh, who's been down there for a while, uh, the Tigers' 4th rank prospect. You know, with these, if Bo Brisky comes back here and just isn't very good, do you consider bringing up Wilmer Flores? Like, okay, you know we need to we need to get the, our fifth starter, man. With Matthew Boyd going out, with Tyler Alexander, I know he isn't gonna starter. Faito and Wentz have not been good. If Breesky is not good, which I'm rooting for Breesky, and he I think he's better than Fiedo and Wentz, so he could be. Do you consider bringing up Wilmer Flores? Is it time? I don't know. Those are questions all to be asked. Um, before we end today's episode. Uh, I want to say goodbye to Jonathan Scope and Jake Morisnik. Jake Morisnik was kind of uncalled for. I did not expect him to get cut, but he did. Uh, Jonathan Scope, man, he was really good for the Tigers two seasons ago when the Tigers were like made a random push to almost make the playoffs. They were like eight games out, but I thought that was interesting. Um, quickly, before I end this, I want to talk about Shohei Otani. What's going on with that? Is Shohei Otani going to get traded? If Shohei Otani gets traded... Is it the biggest trade in the history of sports? Like, legitimately, is it? He's becoming a free agent. The the Angels have fallen out of the, the playoff spot. They're three games out, I believe, of that of that final third wild card spot. And Mike Trout is out for like six to eight weeks. Can Otani carry that Angel squad? I don't know. But also, if the Angels were good, I wouldn't want you to trade them because this is the first time you've ever been good with Otani and Trout. Why not take advantage of it? But if it comes a point where they struggle these next couple weeks, you have to trade Otani, right? I mean, you can't let, he's not going to come back. You know, he's going to go sign with another team. So you have to trade him and the, the return is going to be that. I mean, because if a team is trading for Otani, they believe that they're going to resign Otani, you know, like a team like the Seattle Mariners, who was cheering for him at the all-star game. They're not going to trade for Shohei Otani and then, and then not be able to resign him. And he goes to the Yankees or the Dodgers. You have to know. Um, I think that the top teams are the Yankees and Dodgers. Obviously, I've seen the Chicago Cubs be be talked about with him. I saw the Baltimore Orioles be just from a trade standpoint because they have so many young prospects. Maybe does he want to go play in Baltimore though? Eh, I, I would probably guess not. Maybe Seattle? I could see Seattle. It's a cool location. Play with J Rod. Super excited to see what goes down with Otani. We saw the Juan Soto trade last year, and that was such a big deal um such a young player like him getting traded could that be the situation with shohei otani i think the angels should do it i really do it sucks because like this is the one time that they've been pretty good all season and then now they're kind of starting to fall out a little bit do you you know what do you do you're in a tough they made a couple buy now trades during the season already they traded for eduardo escobar they traded for mike moustakis these guys are old they but they're still decent So they're trying to win. And with Trout being out, I don't know if they're going to be able to. Super excited to see that. I want to thank you guys for listening. Let me know if this is something that you want me to do going forward. uh, And give this a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Appreciate it. Go Tigers. Peace.